I've seen a lot of food commercials. Some I've seen have been really spectacular. But I've wondered to myself, when they're shooting food commercials, how do they move the food around and keep the hot lights from negatively affecting the food? I don't know. But in this episode, 2243, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be explaining when they answer the commonly asked question, how is food animated in CGI? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast. Welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. And if you're a new listener to our podcast, a special welcome to you. And if you're a regular listener, it's a really great to see you again and welcome back. In today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, uh, we'll be answering another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Petros G. from Woodland Hills, California. And Petros asks us, how is food animating using CGI? By the end of our discussion, we'll not only know how food is animated using CGI, but you'll learn how it's used to create some of today's most amazing print ads and commercials. You'll also learn a little history and background as some, uh, even some techniques uh, to even create your own. Be sure also to stick around to the end of our podcast because we love and we will be sharing some of our favorite examples of food animation that will definitely make you hungry. I'm Sean Johnston, a professional CG artist and animator in the video games industry with uh, over 28 years of experience. And today I'm currently a full-time animation director for a small startup um, game company. And I'm Bill Johnston, an industry veteran specializing in 3D animation and digital VFX for folks like uh, Activision, Sony Computer Entertainment, and Bungie, just to name a few. And we are grateful to be your hosts for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. And thanks again for asking uh, this great question, uh, Petros. Um, have you ever thought of food commercials and other advertisements that you've seen and, and you look at the food and it's really unrealistically appetizing? I could smell it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, if you, and if you haven't, it's probably because a lot of the time, if not most of the time, the food that we're seeing in these ads isn't real. It's created entirely with CGI. And using CGI to sell food and advertising is nothing new, um, but it allows companies to make their food really look immensely attractive by giving it you know, some qualities that really can't be achieved any other way. Uh, and we'll get to some of the uh, techniques used to do that uh, in a little bit, but why don't we go ahead and uh, start off with a little bit of history, uh, Sean. I can, of... I can definitely start that. Yeah, let's do well, let's, let's uh, st- obviously get started with tr- traditional photography for, for food. And so this is the earliest photograph depicting food uh, in 1845 by William Henry Fox Talbot. Wow, four, four, four names there. Um, depicting food, he captured a still life uh, at basically containing uh, a basket of peaches and, and pineapples. Um, and so a lot of the 1800s, the food photography was largely influenced by a lot of still life paintings. And you would see a lot of those things. In fact, um, looking at uh, early on uh, food photography, all the way up and probably till the 50s and 40s, still you did a lot of drawings, a lot of, um, you know, it wasn't a ton of photo- photographs, um, but at least in the print ads, a lot of those were still done by um, painters. And then, of course, in the early 1900s, this is interesting. I, this almost looks like a, a, a photograph of today with some, some um, maybe some filters on it. But this is actually uh, from 1910, believe it or not, the introduction of color. Um, this one's uh, uh, Vladimir or Vladimir uh, Shohin. Uh, he, he basically created this image and produced the color pigment using potato starch, um, and, and I looking this open or looking at this thing with the, the cracked open egg and, and, and seeing it so bright, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struck how vibrant that orange yolk is. Don't you think? 
Yeah, I mean, especially when color photography, and we, we kind of covered this a little bit in, in a recent podcast on, uh, on photography techniques. Uh, but yeah, color film and color color techniques were not uh, were not you know stable. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's why black and white was so uh, you know in you know so took it existed for so long. It's just they couldn't really get a stable color color uh, picture and even in the 60s you know and 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 they didn't really stabilize the chemicals really up until the late 80s uh, where color photography really was stabilized it could let you know it could, it could last on paper for more than a couple of years without fading and and and, and looking like uh, you know yellowing you know basically turning turning yellow uh, yes. So, yeah, it's it's amazing a representation, and it's amazing it's lasted so long. Yes, and then of course you'd see something like this. This kind of re- reminds me of what you'd normally see, ba- basically in the the forties and fifties, right? This particular ad with um, you know this food with for baked beans. Uh, this is what I would normally you know kind of remember when I was super young. I, obviously, I was I wasn't born in the fifties, but. Um, wasn't born until the sixties. But son and dad are kissing the mom. Yes, yes. And so <laughs> this this is um. You know, basically 30s and 40s, um, they really started using a lot of color advertising. And like you said, it didn't uh, hold up a lot, but still, it was in a lot of the, the advertising you would see at the time. And then you go, basically, also right around that time is when, when photographers and stylists started using um, additives to make the food look better when photographed. And so it was basically, you could, it was unedible. Um, they used uh, um, hairspray and... Uh, oil and soap and glued the food to, to make it look its best. And so uh, I thought that was super interesting. You know, you'd see this, you know, advertising featuring a, a burger, of course, and you look at it and you go, wow, that does look amazingly um, appetizing. But then you look at it, uh, how they've actually prepared it behind the scenes and you're like, oh, geez, that, that, that's horrific. Um, yes. And then, of course, I mean, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 shooting food. I was just say, you know, when you're shooting food, it's a it's a real challenge. You know, in the real world, I, it 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 really is deceptively challenging to sh- to shoot food in the real world. Right. Um, you know, it's a it's it's very tricky. It's a it's you know when you think about it, you ask a photographer, you know, can you shoot do some food photography for me? That a lot of them will say no. Cause it's one of the hardest it's one of the hardest forms of photography. It's you know you have to it takes a lot of gear for one thing. You know, it takes a lot of specialized knowledge and experience. Uh, another thing, you know, a lot of food photographers actually have what's called a food stylist who preps. And I think you were just taught, describing one of those people who preps the food and the dishes for photographs. They stage every shot. They stage the food. They build the, they, they meticulously build these things. So when you see them, you know, represented in these ads and, and, and things, uh, it's, it's, it's hardly a representation of, of their true selves. You know, <laughs> they made a, they do a lot of tricks to make the food look appetizing. You said hairspray and, and stuff like that, but you know, it took, it took a lot of time to figure that stuff out. And, you know, it's it's it takes a lot of time to shoot that stuff. It does, and and so uh, this particular video I can show you here. Look at this picture, how appetizing that is. Uh, you wouldn't believe what that started out as. And this particular uh, video, um, it shows them what they do. They meticulously use these pins and they trim it, and they, in fact, they paint parts of it. They um, blow dry the cheese so it melts just perfectly on top of the burger. Um, it, it, it's, uh, quite a, like you said, it, it's just a very labor intensive thing. And, and what happens if you melt it badly, you know, you have to start over again and do it again. So there's a lot of that repetition to try and get the right, you know, look that you're looking for. And then when you get it framed in that shot, still not, maybe it doesn't look as right as it could be. And you need a couple things dripping on those things. So this particular video I'm showing here is, um, Joni Simon. She's got a YouTube channel. Um, about she's a photographer and she does a channel on basically on food photography 
Um, she also has a video where you were saying um, another thing is she's got something about ice. So, so she actually has fake ice that she uses in her photography and they're, they're acrylic and they're, they're super expensive. They're about 40 bucks a piece. You can get them in all sorts of shot, uh, sizes, but then she was also showing this stuff called Encapso K um, where you can make your own. You can, you can order it. And in fact, it's used to actually make um, artificial water and flower displays. And so she was showing how she actually puts it in, mixes it together um, and, and, and makes her own molds. It's, it's non-yellowing. Uh, it's, it's basically safe and it's like a soft rubber and, and uh, you don't need any heat and there's no fumes. And so, but her photography, I mean, you, you're getting perfect ice that never melts. Yes. And the, the, to your point, that's why you have to shoot each shot. You know, when you're working with real food, you have to shoot each dish immediately because it either starts to dry out or, and, and looks stale, you know, really quickly or, or, or it starts to melt. And the, the goal is to, is to make the food look fresh and appetizing. And, you know, when you're lighting the food, especially that, that's, that's, that's particularly challenging because the, the temperature of the lights is, it's not a really great thing for the food. You know, the food starts to sag and fall and, and wilt and, and, and every, hot lights just dry out and melt your food before you can really get a decent shot. So, uh, you know, that's your point. Yes. Do you remember on our YouTube channel, when we first started um, like early on when we, when we were show, showcasing the uh, marmalade identity in that particular video, it, this stuff that you're seeing here, it was like the whole thing of our, of our um, of the title of the video was this is all made and it's not CGI. And it just kind of um, went viral from there. And, and it was, it, they, today they use both, you know, high speed cameras to, to do uh, their, their videos for their food, you know, launching things into each other. And, um, and then they also do stuff where they're squirting water into, into big, huge vats of water where, uh, I'm sorry, like uh, colored water on top of it that, that makes these really cool effects that then they mix and composite onto these other things that they're doing. Um, this is one of the videos behind the scenes, but this is um, Steve uh, Geralt. Um, he, does, he does it as well. And I believe this, he's not, hasn't been doing this too long but he, he did, uh, and if I got it right, this particular uh, shot here for this burger was done um, just, just dropping these things. They used rubber bands, and he, he built all these systems himself and with, with servos and um, open source um, computer equipment and things like that to be able to get these things to shoot um, these sauces, the, the, the mustard and the ketchup together, and at the same time, these pieces of the bun, the lettuce, the meat, the pickles, onions, those things were, were actually held up by elastic that he used actually SketchUp to, um, in 3D to kind of prove it, proof of concept of this thing. And then he, he designed it, made it do this. I don't know how many times he actually did the landing of this burger at the very end, but it lands. And then, of course, um, it, all the pieces kind of fall together and just plop. But it just, it looks so good. And then, of course, the drink at the very end with the nice beer right next to it. So um, really, really well done. Love that. That's really beautifully done. And that's really complicated to get that all time. I mean, just the kind of iterations it took him to get that done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. And, uh, and, you know, you see, obviously, you can see how the machines are, are all covered. With, I mean, you're throwing ketchup and mustard all over the dang place, I'm sure, you know. Cleaning up afterwards is, is a huge challenge, and, and protecting your equipment is a huge challenge. And uh, you know, and, and you know, using dangerous too. rigs. Sorry, right. go ahead. It could be dangerous too because some of the shots he was doing uh, on another ad for for uh, just a, uh, dropping a lime into a glass of beer. Um, he had this rotating because 
because you have to, he wanted to have centrifugal force. So actually the, the water would stay inside the glass. So he's spinning it and he's got these weights underneath there, like, like dumbbells. I mean, barbell dumbbells. I mean, they're huge holding this thing down and, and it's rotating super fast. You're like, man, this, this thing goes out of whack. It can destroy you, you know? Yes. And if you're working with hot liquids or hot food or, or, you know, stuff like that, that could, that could cause trouble or even cold things or frozen things cause moisture and condensation when you don't want it. And, you know, those are, those are dangerous and can damage your equipment and cause an accident, stuff like that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things. And you know, these motion control rigs are done primarily. I mean, not, not just because they're they're they can repeat the camera motion over and over and over. Exactly. That's a, that's a huge, huge plus for them because you can get a lot of shots. You know, it's very time effective, you know, as opposed to, you know, a mat, you know, something can camera, being controlled, but you know, manually, right? And, but and, and that ahead. kind of that kind of makes me think. Okay, well, what are the benefits of using CGI? Um, you know, you the, in the digital age we live in. Um, in fact, there's a there's a little a little statistic. Children, on average, are exposed to 25 million food and drink ads every year, uh, just on their top favorite websites alone. So, a lot of a lot of the brands need to um, adapt their content because of the fact that it's so difficult to to. I mean, how. How many people are going to be doing this and spend the money and time to, to get this done? If you do it in CG, almost anybody can do it, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's... because if you don't do it in CG, you got to you got to shoot all the scenes, then you got to edit them, then you have to you know if something's not right, you have to rebook all the talent and re you know get get all that equipment set up back up, reshoot the scene if it didn't turn out. Then and if it still didn't turn out, then you got to retouch them. It's it, you're right. It's very time consuming and it's a tedious it's cost, process, a very costly. expensive process. Right, right. So, but you know, there's always trade offs though. But as far as far as you know, moving to CGI, the the trade offs you know for moving to CGI uh, away from uh, so far away you know the, the doing it traditionally. Just when you consider the level of artistic expression, Sean, and the the level of artistic direction that you can impart, it just and and the overall output quality of the final product, it, it, CGI just really can't be matched just due to the rendering advances today. Um, right, I mean just, you can make things that look a lot more surreal than you normally would too, because you can push yes, hyper hyper real. Right, you pushing the boundary of your imagination, you basically can create anything. Yeah, right? you, you, you definitely have to, yeah, admire the, the progress right? <laughs> and the craftsmanship that goes into creating some of these hyper-realistic food uh, models. It's, and, you know, it's a, and the funny thing, Sean, it's not really funny, but, you know, the, most companies are using CGI. To, if they have a food product, they're using CGI to recreate it uh, for their ads. Just, you know, for, if it isn't, you know, it just makes their products, the, it, 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 something about it, it allows you to, because of the, the high level of directability, it allows the product to really become the central subject of, of the commercial or the ad or whatever. Right. Um, and they can really make their product look as attractive as it possibly can. And, and like I said before, give it the qualities that, you know, it just can't have in the natural, real, quote, real world. Yes. And that consistency to each one of your campaigns, for example, you know, by, you know, you know, modeling food and, and you can recreate that, you know, food that looks appealing every time um, you for with an exact specification, basically. Um, and so that that allows you that, that control consistency. And now they've got websites where you can download food uh, models and and they're really actually they're really they're, they're probably photogrammetry models. But uh, I didn't realize that about 75 percent of the photographs you see basically even on IKEA are computer generated. And you're seeing that just a lot more, even, even, uh, you know, obviously that's, that's not food, but it's, you get the idea. It's very, very quick. You can, you can, you know, say, I want it in this size. I want it to be rotated this direction. You don't have to go and have it done. You can do it right across the internet. 
And we were talking about lighting earlier as well. And that's that's one of the big strengths of doing it in CGI. You can always change the lighting. You can change the, the direction. You can change the color and the, the, the you can change the, the, the temperatures and, and really give it different different moods uh, to, to the shot where, I mean, just, if you had to do that in real world, Sean, I mean, just just the, just speaking of light, you, you, if you want to do a studio setup, you'd need two or three studio flashers and, uh, you know, some, some kind of stepless power adjustment and lighting stands and boom arms and, uh, you know, soft, soft boxes and, and light strips. And I just think about reflectors and cards and gobos and, and, and you need light meters to test everything. Uh, that's before you even have taken the first picture yet. That's not even the camera gear yet. I know. Uh, I've been on. I've been on some <laughs> shoots, just doing doing on some commercials that I've been uh, that were in some of the video video game um, that I've worked on. Um, there was some um, just just doing normal uh, commercial for it with real people in it. Was um, man, it was. There were so many people on that set, and and I can't imagine how how expensive that was to, to actually produce. But yeah, even I, if I you can find somebody with it right. that does have that experience, it's usually you know I'll do my best, but no promises kind of thing. <laughs> right. Well, hey, the good news is let's go on and see the benefits uh, in CGI and show it. Look at this. This is Blender. Check this out. This is well. Let me back that up. I'm sorry. This is Blender. <laughs> this this is uh, photogrammetry, which basically is um, where they've they basically modeled the 3D models of these this food in the computer and basically mapped it with exact um, texture maps that they took the photography in. So they basically took it, took pictures of digital pictures and uh, around it uh, at different angles and then put it in the computer and then basically assembled it in three dimensions with the texture on it. So that's, these, these look so real. And with the lighting and blender now, I mean, this is a free program you can get, you can make this stuff your, yourself. Um, these, if you don't believe me, look at these images. This is from the beginning of it. And this is the, the models of those things too, the, uh, the bread. Um, and this is um, a fruit here, papaya. I guess is this papaya? What is this? That is a cantaloupe. Cantaloupe, great. I eat a lot, so you can tell. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but like I said, you can do it in, in a free program. You don't have to have Maya or or uh, 3D Studio Max. You can just get a free um, version online and, and and make your own. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's CGI allows food to be seen. And I'll show you a couple of examples of this in, in, in some unpredictable and oftentimes impossible ways, which is really kind of cool because you know, if you think about it, since we all have a primal relationship with food, you know, seeing food in these new kinds of ways is, is, is really extremely satisfying. And you can kind of see in, the, in this you know, thing I'm showing, showing you here, this is just kind of a recreation of, of everything. It kind of has a little bit of everything, a cloth sim, a soft body sim, liquid sim. Uh, rigid body sim, uh, but this is actually the CG uh, uh, wireframes of this thing. There's the liquid sim going on top of the of the cloth sim, and it's very interactive. And you've got a, a nice little uh, nice little soft body sim with the uh, and maybe even rigid body with those onions, and then it, it's just a beautiful uh, thing it brought brought together. And you know the funny thing is, is <clears throat> as cool as as uh, these things are. Um, you know, I've gone into, you know, after looking at these things, Sean, honestly, I, I, I look at these things and I, I walk into the, the the store and I buy one and it doesn't look anything like it. No, well, <laughs> it's yeah, of course. It's, it just it's kind of like, oh, yeah, it doesn't well, look as good, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And see, the thing with with CGI is instead of portraying food as it as it is, mm -hmm. really, it's 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 showing it, you're able to design it, design it so that you can see, what, I guess I call it an aspirational version of it. Right. So that. You're not seeing it as the food as it is, but as it should be. 
at what wow. it should look like. An idealized in, version. In a, in, yeah, in a perfect world, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, going back to just some of the food that you were showing, the technology that we're using um, to, to generate these things in CG, I, I saw something on Two Minute Papers, which is unbelievable, where they've actually got this bread baking you can see here. Um, it actually it has little little cuts at the very very top, and it and, and it's it's a simulation, and it it actually at the very point here where they're actually taking the 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 actual bread and tearing it apart, and this particular I mean this looks amazingly real of these two pieces of pulling this thing apart. You can see the how it how how it softly deforms and tears at certain points, and you can see the damage or the 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 stress of of that simulation on the on the bread, and it just it was the best thing I'd seen in the most realistic, I should say, um, a bread simulation where they're tearing it apart that I've ever seen. They, in fact, they showed baking cookies, and I didn't put it in this video, but they also show baking cookies where it's actually melting the the actual um, the dough as well as the chocolate chips, and some get burnt. I mean, it, the simulations that they're getting today for even food to make it look real is just incredible. It just blows me away. Yeah, keep that keep that rolling. Sean. I'm gonna keep it rolling. Uh I just wanted to say, you know, just a little note on this. I mean, this is an extremely incredible simulation. I mean, the level of complexity of this. I mean, you can actually see the bread plumping and the, the bread expanding and splitting. You know, the, the, the cookies fracturing along natural points of a fracture. The bread is, 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 is tearing just as if it would, given the body and the, the density of the bread and the foam structure inside. And this is actually an example of dynamic fracture animation. And in this particular example, it's called CDM. Uh, PM or continuum damage material point methods. Anyway, it's damage fracturing animation, and it's just it's the newest and and the most baddest <laughs> simulation Badass. process out there. It is. <laughs> that, that's what I meant to say. Wow, that's uh, here's, incredible here's, stuff. Here, I was just going to say this is this is 100 CG. I just wanted to show you this. This is this is another really cool uh, video um, out there that I that I that I uh, captured where this this particular artist has gen rendered this stuff. In fact, Fabrizio Shaman, yeah, absolutely. FXTD, he actually made this. I, I, it looks so real to me. Um, everything here is, is CGI. I just couldn't believe it when I saw it. it, it, it that looks so real, doesn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, he actually does a little breakdown so you can see, oh yeah, it really is. <laughs> nice job. Wow. Yeah, sim and physics are used a lot in, in today. And here's, here's a really nice art piece uh, from Alex Roman, and he he just kind of this is his reel of of some of the you know close up work, and that's that's one thing that that CG is really really great at because a lot of these things that are trying to be photographed are really small, and, and right. you need to get extremely close up on them, and to try to do that with real world equipment is practically impossible. And you can kind of see you know you can still have I mean you can even animate in the CG world depth of field and 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 you know your your rack, your rack focus and, and all sorts of in-camera effects. Right. Uh, You've got that subsurface scattering. Well. Exactly. And you could, like you said before, you can light change the lighting on it. It's just, and there's, and these are based on real world scans. Like you said, there's, you can go and, and get some of these things. I think you, you were talking about some fruit and you showed yeah. some really amazing fruit that if you go to a polygon.com, P-O-L-I-I-G-O-N, they have an incredible, incredible library of, 
food uh, made from scan, real world scans. Photogrammetry, you know? yeah, awesome. Yeah, exactly, and that and that's we were talking about photo scanning. Yeah, that's got to be photogrammetry, and uh, they actually use real world textures. Another one is Quixel Mega Scans. Uh, we've talked oh, about yeah, them in the Quixel. past mm -hmm. uh, as well. And uh, you know, so as far as software, Sean, do you have any thoughts about software they could use? To, well, that's uh, what I was saying. I, I mean, basically, you can use a free um, open source blender to do all of this. You don't need expensive software. And that's the, that's the uh, democratization, I guess, of, of all the CG that we now have. I mean, we don't have to spend an arm and a leg um, just you know, trying to figure out how to do your own. Uh, and and your food bread. is pretty simple because it's, it's, it's just basically static objects. It's not like you're animating a character, for example. But here's one of my favorite. Just, just, uh, uh, this is um, from Pixelhead. This is one of my favorites here. Take us out. They've, they've got a really, really cool uh, 3D food uh, showreel. I just thought, this, you know, this is you can't do these things in real, uh, you know, with, even with a high-speed motion robotic camera. This stuff you hear where you can actually see the close-ups of something being chewed on or, or bit, bitten across. Um, and, you know, this is obviously simulated to a point where you can actually freeze it and then it makes, uh, you know, a, a, an ice cream bar from a melted part. The, you're not going to be able to do that in, in, in a simulation. You're going to have to only do that in simulation in the computer, right? There's no way you're going to be able to do that in, in real life. And then, of, of course, wrap it with a wrapper. <laughs> so these are that's the beauty of this kind of thing, using CGI, of course. Absolutely. Great, great example, Sean. I, I, that's some amazing uh, work. And, you know, there's so much, so much good stuff being, uh, happening now. It's, it's hard to, to show it all. We should, we should definitely do another, another one uh, on this. Subject. For sure. And uh, we want to thank you for being part of our podcast today. And we do them exclusively for you. And we had a great time answering Petro's question, how is food animated using CGI? We hope that you learned something new uh, that you didn't along the way because we, uh, as you know, by now we like, like to at least have, teach you something new, uh, at least every once one thing every week. Uh, but uh, we enjoyed our conversation and hope that you did too. If you did, please share it around with some of your friends. Let them know uh, about our podcast and hit that like button too because it helps YouTube find other people like you who are interested in CGI and VFX related stuff that we talk about here on the CG Insider Podcast. Uh, oh, by the way, if you've got a subject that you'd like us to discuss in one of our podcasts, you can easily let us know by shooting over to our website at thecgbros.com, heading up to the About Us tab and clicking on the Ask Us Anything dropdown, just like Petros did. We're always looking to improve our podcast. Um, we would like to know what you think. Please leave us a comment below. And if you do, no guarantees. We may even read it during one of our future podcasts. Just in case you didn't know, we bring you a new cutting-edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week where we discuss things having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, as well as other related and interesting topics. Also, be sure to check out the CGBros.com, our YouTube channel, uh, for your front row seat for some amazing state-of-the-art CGI short film entertainment created by a lot of the most talented people and new media producers and VFX studios out there today. So um, we also have some revealing VFX breakdowns, some behind the scenes. Um, check it out. It's pretty cool. We're also... Yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we're looking forward to seeing you here next week. Uh, again, for next week's podcast, where we'll be answering another great question. How is CGI used in interface design. Ah, I was going to say, we are looking forward to that as well. We'll see you here next week. See you then. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how is food animated in CGI? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. 
please give us a thumbs up, too. And be sure to leave a comment, because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout-out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free. And ring the bell. So you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. And um, don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Samsung Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. Here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how is CGI used in interface design? This has been episode 2243 of the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. See you next time.